0: and welcome to episode 173 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark. And today is a huge, huge episode for me. It's the first guest on Mark and Me that is from WWE. That's right, I'm joined by a wrestler, but not only any wrestler, the current WWE champion. Today's guest is the one and only Big E. This is a great interview and for me also a massive celebration because it's my first face-to-face interview that I've done since we went into lockdown. As you know, I absolutely adore doing face-to-face interviews. It's kind of something I took for granted each and every week before we had COVID, and then when it was taken from me and we've had a year and a half of lockdown and relied on stuff like Zoom, it's been real tough. I've made sure the interviews kept on coming and I've loved absolutely every minute of it. Nothing beats the authenticity of a face-to-face interview. The interview for me feels a lot more intimate and I couldn't ask for a better guest than Big E to celebrate this. So that interview is gonna come up in just a couple of moments time. But I also like to use the intro to celebrate and talk about my last episode. I was joined by Katie Jackson from the amazing band Tigress. We got to talk all about their brand new album, touring, and so much more. I wanna say a massive thank you for all the tweets, Facebook comments, dms and emails that i've received this week telling me just how much you've enjoyed tigress i knew you would they're an incredible british band and they're going to go higher and higher and bigger and bigger and i can't wait to see the journey that they're on but let's get back to today's interview it's a massive episode from me wwe star big e it's a great interview and i think the best thing to do is to get straight to it so here's me and big e talking all things wrestling Big E, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast.
1: Of course, thank you. Last time
0: I saw you, we were in New York at SummerSlam about four years ago. You Uh. stopped and I met you in the hotel. You won't remember this face, but I saw you, you were with the boys and you took a good photo. So thank you for your time then. Of course. What I want to start is um, kind of taking it back right to the beginning. So mm-hmm. when you were growing up, I want to know when you were a kid, were you that obsessed wrestling fan or was it later on in life that you started to fall in love with it?
1: No, it was definitely as a kid. Uh, I grew up watching pretty much from uh, the youngest. I, I don't remember a time where I wasn't watching wrestling when I was a kid. So uh, my dad absolutely loved it. He is an immigrant from Jamaica and we would just... I, there was something I feel about wrestling that just captured his imagination. So I watched with my dad. And we, we grew up watching a lot of WCW, so I loved WCW as a kid, and especially Goldberg. Goldberg was my favorite wrestler. I actually got to meet him at a signing, I think, in the late 90s at some point. And uh, it was incredible. It was one of those moments that I still remember and still think of fondly. And honestly, has been uh, a bit of a, a lesson for me as well as far as just you know, he he probably took about thirty seconds or so. That the interaction wasn't you know that long, but the thirty seconds that I spent at this, you know, signing with Goldberg where he smiled, he was polite, he was engaging, um was something that I always remember. So I always do my best, especially with kids. Um, to take that time, um, yeah. even when it's brief, even when you're, like, tired or jet-lagged, uh, because he was awesome, and I'll always thank him for that. So, yeah, I was definitely a, a big wrestling fan as a kid, and then I think it was about the age of, I think I became, like, a, a teenager around, it was around the time that WCW was bought by WWE. Um, so, yeah, I think around, like, 14, 15 is when I thought, like, ah, I'm too mature for this, uh, and then just kind of fell out. But, yeah, I definitely grew up being a big wrestling fan.
0: And when was the point when you remember in your head when you thought it could become a reality? So you're seeing Goldberg, you're seeing these incredible people that everyone wants to inspire. I wanted to be Bret Hart when I was a kid. I was there with the pink glasses. But at what point did it become a reality where you thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make a name for myself.
1: You know, I, as much as I loved wrestling as a kid, I never fathomed that I would be doing this as a job. In fact, if you asked me at the age of 22 to list 200 jobs, it would I wouldn't put pro in as a potential <laughs> one. It just didn't it didn't it didn't it's it's bizarre. Like yeah. I mean it's it yeah it just didn't seem possible for me. Um, but yeah, it was so I my story is odd in the sense that I was a football player at Iowa and I had a bunch of injuries tore both my ACLs, broke my right patella, tore my left pec, all in two and a half years. And so I was just on campus finishing up getting my degree, was done done with football. But I just happened to to bump into a guy who knew a guy who knew Jim Ross, who was with the company at the time, and I got my opportunity from there. So there was really never this moment where I thought, all right, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. It was just someone said, hey, is this something that you might want to consider? And I thought, you know what, let's give it a shot. And there's just so much about it that feels like kismet because FCW was where once you got signed by WWE at the time you went down to FCW to train and FCW was in Tampa of all the cities That it could be you know located in in the US It happened to be where I lived You know, I was born and raised in Tampa at the time I was still in Iowa, but I thought man even if I'm awful at this and they do sign me I can live with my parents Save up my money, go back to school, and move on about my life. You know, I was 23 and still felt like I had enough. I didn't have kids or a wife or anything like that, um, so I felt like I had enough flexibility to. All right, let me let me take this job on a whim, and I can always go back to school. So, uh, yeah, there was just never. It was never me saying yes. I want to be a pro wrestler, and I'm going to make this decision to to find out how to get to WWE. It just kind of you know I stumbled into it, and 12 years later, uh, I'm still doing it.
0: So when those doors opened and you knew someone who knew someone and you started to see that it was becoming a reality, it wasn't, a, you know, this thought, it's suddenly like, OK, this might actually happen. Can you remember those feelings of nerves of going into the gym and starting to think differently than being a footballer? You're thinking this is a whole different ball game.
1: Yeah. And so, I, you know, for me, I just tried to do my best to, to pour myself into it. I felt like I had so much to learn. One of the biggest things for me was just really learning how to be an entertainer. Yeah. Um, I think uh, for the most part, you know, I'm I'm an introvert. I like my alone time. I like, uh, you know, just being on my own. I I never was into theater or drama or anything like that. So I had to learn, you know, for me, it was always, I was an athlete. And it was about, you know, you kind of keep your head down. You do the work and you, you play, you perform, you practice, you do your thing. But this job demands that you know how to engage people, that yeah. you're charismatic. So that was my biggest thing, is just try and I would just throw stuff at the wall. I would we have promo days every single week. Getting to work with Dusty Rhodes is, is incredible. But you know we're in this which warehouse in Tampa and and Dusty is running our creative. And and every Wednesday we're cutting promos, practice promos in front of Dusty. So that was uh, that was a great learning opportunity for me. But that was was the biggest thing is just learning how to entertain people, how to engage people, and just kind of cultivating um, a personality that felt right for me and that connected with people. But it it took me years really to, to get to that point.
0: And as an introvert or someone that likes your own space, likes your own time, likes to be away, being in the limelight so much. How do you get that kind of mindset to change because the confidence there has to be real because it's transparent if it's not. If you're walking around faking it, people see it, you know, right, the fans right, right. know that. So how do you actually train yourself to think differently and kind of I'm going to come out of this. I'm going to I'm going to be there and I'm going to try and change the way I think. I don't want to be nervous. I don't want to be scared. I want people to see that I'm loving what I do.
1: Right. Um yeah, so for me it was uh you know, I think just especially in my younger years, I think I too often would limit myself and uh, I'm I'm a person who just kind of I was often riddled with like self-doubt and just not really valuing myself that much um, And I was just in my head just too often and I thought and I just kind of thought I think at, at some point I got to a, this realization that for me to ever make it or do anything important or or anything With my life that is out of the ordinary. I need to to step out of my own way so I think I just eventually learned to kind of shut off that part of my brain and just leap and it was just, that was for me, it's just been all about like making these leaps of just like shutting off the self-doubt and just do it. Just yeah. do the things to turn off your brain. So that's that's what I kind of learned to do. And uh, and then over time, I just really, I have really found a deep love for performing. Yeah. I, I love being able to look out, being at a show and being able to look out and, and see that a kid is laughing, or someone is smiling, or they're cheering or booing because of something that I did. Yeah. And that ability to, to entertain people, to engage them for a few minutes, uh, to take away you know whatever the stresses of the day, whatever it is, um, I found so much value in performing and entertaining. I feel like I'm on the path that I'm meant to be. Whether it's God, or you, the universe, whatever it is, I, f- I feel like when I wake up on a daily basis, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, that's brought, me so much personal fulfillment and like value in my life and uh, and i'm extremely grateful for that but it, it took time just to find that comfortability with being a performer
0: but being on the other side as an audience member and uh, you know a fan of the wrestling seeing you you're always happy you're always looking like you're having the best time the mm. stuff you got to do in new day literally didn't look like you were working you were yeah. there to have fun and <laughs> yeah. it must be incredible to come up with these ideas and just basically go out there and just have fun some of the stuff you got up to is crazy isn't it it's insane to look back at
1: it's absurd and and that's i love that period of us just kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks i think the trombone started because uh <laughs> we were in new york and uh i think there was a suggestion that we would do like a frank sinatra song and i think woods mentioned like oh i grew up playing the trombone and we it, so it's just like, it's just like a bunch of things that we were like all right, this, so we, we often preface our, our ideas with, this is too much, but. And then we end up talking through them, and we're like, you know what? It is real weird. It's outside the box, but I think there's a way. So uh, that's I just really love that initial period of just trying different things and, and making them work. And, and you're spot on. Uh, when I'm with Kofi and Woods, it doesn't feel like work i i we we have so much fun together and we always thought even if the idea if the gimmick sucks if it's bad but people can see that there is a very genuine chemistry that there is you know that we're having so much fun and that was kind of that was the goal yeah is i think anytime you see a group of people having fun and they're and it's real and the joy feels authentic i think there's something ab- about you as a spectator that makes you want to at least you know peer in or or wonder what it is they're laughing about or this this something I think that often draws you to that kind of energy and that was our hope too is I think people especially fans when you watch long enough too is you can see through inauthenticity you can you can tell yeah. when it's not real and we knew from very early on that we had a very real chemistry and we thought all right even if the gimmick sucks I think people will see how tightly Bonded we are. I think people will see that we are indeed having fun together that we love being together And that was always our goal is having that chemistry come across on TV because I, I honestly and I still feel this way But we always felt like we had a very rare bond. I don't think you see Anything like that in wrestling and, and by nature. It's it's often a, a selfish business You kind of have to be a bit selfish to be away from your family as much as, as we are to to, to 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 Make it you have to be a little selfish but uh, yeah, I've just been, they have been the greatest partners I could ever ask for. Uh, we've really just developed what we feel like it's it's a family feel. And uh, I'm, I'm beyond grateful for those two.
0: And tonight, we're lucky enough to see you in Birmingham. Uh, the UK has welcomed you back. How does it feel? Because it's been a couple of years. It's gone insane. The world has gone absolutely mad. No one could ever predict that it would have been like this during COVID. But finally, you're back. It looks like you guys have been kept away. And now you're unleashed to the whole of the UK again. And every picture I've seen online so far, it looks like all you guys are so grateful to be back here with the best fans in the world.
1: Yeah, no. And you're right, the UK fans are are just incredible. I, I think their enthusiasm, um, just the chance, the, the UK crowds always feel different than anywhere else we go and uh this is to me i often think of when i'm at hall of fame or doing these you know these these events we have to dress up i often think there's something about it that just kind of is a little it's like ah this is this feels a little odd because to me the essence of what we do is like this this yeah. is the essence of pro wrestling is is making these towns doing these tours doing these live events where you have the freedom to play to interact to engage people like that is that is pro wrestling to me that is what we do um and uh, it, it does feel good to to be back to be in front of really passionate fans um like you said, man, so much of the world has changed. I know my I feel like my life has has drastically changed since, yeah. since the pandemic so um, it, it's nice to have uh, to return to this feeling of familiarity and to, to get back to doing what we do. You know, we did our best with the Thunderdome um, to have fans there virtually, but there's never ever a replacement for live crowds, especially, you know, crowds like the UK crowd, yeah. enthusiastic crowds. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad we're getting back to the essence of what we do because it's, and we've had a blast. And and for me, this is brand new territory as well, because I've never been able to do these shows as WWE champion. So I'm, I'm almost having, You know, I do my best to stay present as well, but I think of the times, too, I've been reflecting and uh, to think that I alone am the one, you know, closing the show and, you know, grabbing the mic and and talking to the to the crowd and and, uh, you know, glad handing and taking pictures at the very end is is wild. You know, when I first came up, it was it's seen uh, it's all these guys, uh, you know, Randy and and just these massive stars who could close the shows and. And, and now I'm, I'm being thrust in that position. And uh, I'm just very, very thankful for all the growth in my career and in my life. And uh, it's just been a blessing. 35, age 35 has been the best year of my life. And sometimes it feels weird to say during a pandemic when so many people have been through awful times. But uh, it's really been a really life-changing year. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for, for all the good things that have come with it.
0: I ask this question to everyone that comes on the podcast, but what advice do you give to anyone that's listening today that like you has wanted to get into the business and um, wants to get their kind of voice out there or get seen in an industry that's so hard to get into? There will be people listening today that want to be like you, like you want to be like Goldberg at one point. So what would you give to those listeners, that advice to kind of get seen in a world that's so difficult to be seen?
1: Yeah, I would say don't be afraid to be yourself. And that can sound cliche. But to me, what has made this run so fulfilling is doing it my way. Um, And and I think a big part of getting to this point, too, has been the fact that, you know, I uh, you know, one of the things that we've we've done as the New Day is I think we were able to be successful because we found the area where there was a void, where no one was really doing comedy like that in WWE. Um, so I would encourage anyone to find what is missing in wrestling, to find what is missing in WWE that you can provide that is unique, that is different, um, and, and draw from your outside influences. You know, I was able to draw, I grew up in the church, so there's a part of me that draws from that That diction of a preacher, that delivery, um, I'm able to borrow from. Uh, I also, you know, even the things that I love as far as like TV and music, I'm able to blend all of that in my presentation and in my promo. So I would encourage anyone to find what it is that you already love, to find what you're already good at, even things outside of wrestling that you think wouldn't fit in this bubble, and bring them with you. Um, I would also encourage people, obviously, you know, be in the best shape you can. Uh, but enjoy the process as well. I think sometimes in my life, I've been too goal-oriented. Where it was only yeah. about making it. It was only about getting to the certain point of success. But enjoy learning a new skill. Enjoy no longer making a mistake that you often made. You know, When you get that opportunity to finally start training, to get to a wrestling school, enjoy that process. Enjoy the growth. Enjoy the journey. Uh, enjoy all of it. Um, and, and like I said, give it your all. Uh, to me, the juice is worth the squeeze. You know, There's a lot you have to sacrifice in this life. Being away from your family, your friends, you're on the road often, the bumps, the bruises. There's a lot that you have to give up and uh, it, it's not an easy job. But like I said, I think the juice is really worth the squeeze. Uh, I, I'm just so grateful I found my path. I found what I feel I'm supposed to be doing and it's just provided me so much joy and so many incredible opportunities and I have met so many incredible people as well um but yeah i would just you know for anyone and again another thing too don't let people tell you no I've, I've been met with so many no's so many you know doors slammed in our faces especially when we were trying to get the new day off the ground um but man just just attack this attack you know for anything you love attack it with your all have no regrets and uh don't be afraid to be you to be uniquely you
0: Amazing. My final question I ask is to everyone that comes on the podcast, the outro piece of music that finishes at the end of our interview today, it's all edited, it's all finished, mm-hmm. you get to choose, but I don't let you get to come back to me, you've got to tell me today on the spot. What is a song, it can be any band, any performer, any artist that means a lot to you, that you think sums you up, that is your song, that when I ask the question comes to your head and your heart and soul, that you want to be the outro music for today's interview? Oh, Wow. Uh, any song in the world, man, so that's uh, a lot. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, well, when you, I was gonna just say, so I've, I've just been obsessed with uh, Mariah the Scientist, um, but I was gonna say, when you talked about a, so- a song, that encapsulates me, I was like, I don't know, of any of her stuff that really necessarily is a song that feels like uh, uh, it encapsulates me, man. I let me go with, um, this is so much pressure because I love music and I want to pick the perfect and right song. But I will go with uh, Wale, and what Wale song will I go with? Uh, the, album, the album about nothing is probably my favorite album of his. You know what? So this, it's weird. I'll go with The Matrimony, and I'm only going with The Matrimony because there's uh, a part where Jerry Seinfeld talks about growth and how you're never really ready for growth. And, you know, I'm not married. So the song is obviously it's about marriage, about relationships, taking that next step. But uh, I do I do very much love that quote about growth. Um, you know, I feel like I've been I never wanted to be a leader. I never I was just always like I like doing my stuff. I like sports and whatnot. And then I just kind of wanted to slink off in the background. But I think sometimes life just kind of thrusts you into these positions that you didn't know you were ready for. But when you, you take stock of who you are, you realize, yeah, I have all the tools to, to, to do to do this and, uh, and, and to step up. So um, I just I love that line so much about growth. And uh, I think it's really eye opening. So let's go with Wale's The Matrimony.
0: That reason alone is incredible. So that's the one. I can't wait to hear it already on the end of this episode. Thank you it. for your time today. I can't wait to see you tonight. And the rest of the tour goes well. And we can't wait to have you back in next year.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you, buddy. Thank you.
0: So there it is, there's my interview with me and the amazing Big E. What an incredible character, so larger than life, so honest, but also so humble. He knows where he's come from and he knows just how much work's involved to become the guy he is today. And truly one of the nicest guests I've ever had on Mark and Me and so accommodating with the time and I'm so grateful he took it out during the UK tour to sit and conduct this interview with me. A massive thank you also to WWE. They were good enough to invite me to their Birmingham show, I got to witness some great matches and a massive thanks to my good friend Tom for coming and being my assistant for the day. It's been an absolutely amazing experience and I can't wait to welcome more WWE stars in the near future. If you've really enjoyed today's episode, all I ask you to do is to go on markandme.com. On there there's links to all my social media channels. You can share the episode on your Facebook, your Instagram or even retweet it or tweet it on your own page on Twitter. All the people that then get to see the episode may just check it out and that brings a whole new audience to Mark and me and costs you absolutely nothing. It's simply the touch of a button. If you've really enjoyed today's episode and you want to support me, I don't make any money from this podcast, but via my Patreon, all the money that goes in there helps support the podcast and allow me to go out there and conduct more and more interviews and host the podcast on all the various different platforms. So you can do that via my Patreon page. All the links are on markandme.com and on there each and every month you're going to get a minimum of 8 episodes of Mark and Me. But not only that thanks to the sponsors of the podcast Last Exit to Nowhere t-shirts they offer 2 t-shirts every single month which are given away as prizes to say thanks for supporting me. Not only that, the amazing guys at Vice Press give me artist proof posters, signed variants or limited edition artist proof posters as a way of saying thank you for supporting me. They're literally posters that money can't buy, and a massive thanks to those guys for supporting me. Each and every penny that you invest into the podcast goes right back into it, so please, if you're listening today and want to buy me a coffee or the equivalent of a chocolate bar, jump onto Patreon and sign up. It's as little as £1 per month. That's absolutely nothing, and really does go a massive long way for this podcast. Again, a massive thank you to everyone who's took the time to listen to today, a massive thanks to WWE for sending me across to Birmingham and making this interview with Big E happen, and I'm going to be back in only a few days' time with a brand new episode. So until then, look after yourself, take care, and I'll speak to you all very soon.
2: If there's a question of my heart, you got it, it don't to That's a question of my love You got it Baby, don't worry I got plans for you Yeah, baby, I've been making plans, making plans. oh no Baby, I've been making plans For you, yeah Baby, I've been making plans, making plans. Uh, Baby, I've been making plays. Uh,
3: my sister's you. a politic. I yeah. mean, look, mm, I'll admit it, all be pathetic. And I'm in my late 20s, still never been to a wedding. Cause the idea of that lobby empty. Do not sit with me, well, It's not your fault they try to get me. Cause I'ma need the sales, cause I'm self. And I need you to myself. I'm trying to see you afloat, but don't want to see you sell. I failed, I see you about to cry. Cause when I enter they city, they leave without their pride. I'm sorry. Are you staring at my comments? Fearing it's gonna always be you sharing me with all them. I'm uh, wrong. How dare I say ignore them? Preparing for their day, I leave you here. It's switch you for them. It's hard. You know, temptation and all. Out here trying to see if my relationship's strong. Get a place in the charts, so run away from your heart. Yeah, this music, my all. Nothing is sacred no more. Wrong. I'm promising you better though uh, Your friends saying let them go uh, And we ain't getting any younger I can give up now if But I can promise you forever though heart,
2: That's right You got it It don't belong to anyone But you Hey If that's a question of my love You got it Baby don't worry I got plans for yeah. Baby, I've been making plans, plans. Oh, love. Baby, I've been making plans for you. Baby, I've been making plans. plans. Really, should Baby, really, should uh, really should I have a role? Really should I have a role?
3: should I have a role? Yeah. You have a new love. I'll admit it. Let me be hypothetical. The day I find a woman, I'll probably be scared to share it. The idea of me finding love would run somebody off. But through my wall, could use some plaques. But still, I got her flaws, brush you off. Yeah, I'm kinda lost. Now I'm up in the club with a couple of move on, From dark, good, tr- tr- trouble hard. Went from falling in love to drunk and falling apart. This is hard, trying to find some time to move on. S- when we lost our baby, I got shady, she got too dark. It's hard. And I thank you, baby, you strong. My ex, before you married to you, solo, I say so long. Nah, good terms, how that ended. But it surely put it in on how I worry about this business. Off-white picking fences, on flights with the children, on sight, stealing kisses, on off nights, my intentions. But, but I plan to do it better, though. But you still saying, let it go. Uh. We ain't getting any younger I mean, women, let me now. If but in your eyes, you're
2: forever, Belong to anyone, but right. uh, you. No. No. If there's a question of my love, you got it. Baby, don't worry, I got.